Welcome to the awesome pod mix. You are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, "When a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker. That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema." Today, I'll be talking about the blockbuster Telugu film Alla Vekuntapuramulu. This movie is written and directed by Trivikram. It has the potential and the ingredients to be a classic and it is definitely cinematic. To start off, I'll answer the question, what does Alla Vekuntapuramulu mean? The closest translation is Alla means like and Vekuntapuramulu is the name of the house where the story takes place. There's a very interesting story about how I got around to watching this film. So what happened was I accidentally stumbled upon this film titled Race Gurram. I was legit blown away by Alu Arjun's acting skills, his jaw-dropping dancing style, and the way he performs the action sequences. The next logical step was to watch his other films in his filmography. I searched for his films on various streaming services, and the latest film of his that I found was Alave Kuntapuramulo. I read the synopsis, and I almost decided not to watch the film. because i didn't like the synopsis i had to ask myself whether i wanted to watch the film for the synopsis or the actor i didn't even think of watching the trailer to decide that after a bit of contemplation i decided to watch the movie for the actor the moment i finished watching the film my reaction was damn it i should have watched it in the theater i have watched this movie umpteen number of times but i've missed the theater experience I'll always regret it not having watched it in the theater. Though I don't understand the Telugu language, but the storytelling of this film is so crystal clear that there's very little room for misinterpretation. It's the sheer brilliance of the filmmaker. Screenwriting is all about show, don't tell, and the visuals of this film speak for themselves. In the prologue, Murli Sharma's character Valmiki is introduced. He looks at the Mercedes E200 halted ahead and then at his Bajaj Chetak scooter as he gets drenched in the rain. His expression clearly states that he's unhappy with his situation and is envious of the rich. As the scene progresses, Valmiki's character is beautifully etched out. He's envious and manipulative. He instigates and gaslights people for his benefit. With the inciting incident of the kids swapping, all Valmiki wants is for his conniving schemes to come to fruition. We see the two kids being taken their separate ways. There's a bird's eye view of the road which first splits into two, then converges after a point, and then splits again into two distinguished parts. The camera pulls further back up to show a sketch of a mansion surrounded by animated clouds as the title appears. This visual suggests that someone up there is writing this story. Now it is entirely up to this entity how this story is going to play out. The entity in this situation is the writer and the director of the film. Post this the kids naming ceremony takes place. Valmiki is elated that his real son's name is Raj. In contrast when we come to the naming ceremony of the other child, Valmiki just writes the name on the rice heap. and pandit ji is infuriated he's like i can't approve of this name what kind of a name is this i have performed thousands of ceremonies and never in the history of those ceremonies have i ever approved any such name and i'm not going to start now valmiki is trying his best to convince pandit ji but he's not budging he's like hell no this is not happening on my watch we evadake bantu i'm asking you Ram Bantu means Hanuman because he is the savak of Lord Shri Ram. Why would this kid be a servant of anyone? He is not able to fathom that. Why should anyone have to be a servant to anyone? There's a look on Valmiki's face as he blinks his eyes. Bantu is going to be Valmiki's servant. He is going to be serving him now. Five years later, both the kids take a math exam. Raj has scored nine out of hundred. Valmiki helps Raj cover up by changing the score. It's bad parenting 101. When Valmiki reaches home, he learns that Pantu scored 98 out of 100. Valmiki retorts, "Why did you leave those remaining two marks? You should have gotten 100 out of 100." He says a line of dialogue to ridicule Pantu. It's a very important line because it gets repeated throughout the film. Koni jatakalu ante, very bad. Jatakalu means horoscope. Full translation: 
Some horoscopes are like that only. Your horoscope is inauspicious. Throughout the movie, Valmiki keeps reiterating that Bantu's horoscope is unlucky. His destiny is terrible because he didn't move when the kids were being swapped. No matter what you do, you won't be able to change your destiny. Valmiki is using this as an excuse to justify his actions and bad behavior. I believe in free will. I do not believe in destiny. If we work hard enough, I don't think there's anything that we cannot achieve. Bantu always sides with the truth. The truth sets him free. It's because of his honesty and hard work that Bantu succeeds. When I read the synopsis, I thought it was Alu Arjun's character that was switched from a poor family into the millionaire's family. And now he's living a life of luxury in the present day. Either the synopsis is misleading or I misinterpreted when I read it. The synopsis fuels this notion that the protagonist is the spoiled brat. Once he learns the truth, he'll have to live a life of struggles and hardships. He will have to work hard to prove his That's how you keep the audience on the hook. 20 years later, we get a fan service introduction of the stylish star Alu Arjun. The scene transitions from the dust flying due to the helicopter blades whirling to the dusting of the mattress. That's what makes Valmiki wake up from his dream. It's a lovely transition. It instantly draws you into the movie. Alu Arjun's fan service intro and the epilogue with the helicopter must have been shot on the same day. We see Bantu sleeping very happily with a smile on his face. Valmiki can't stand Bantu's happiness, so he wakes him up and orders him to go and pick up Granny's pickle parcel from the bus stand. Bantu doesn't have a choice. The real introduction makes you sympathize with Bantu's life condition in contrast to his fan service introduction. In the next scene at ARK residence, Valmiki is preparing for the return of his son Raj with coconut and camphor. But there's no pumpkin to ward off the evil. Valmiki calls up Bantu and asks him to drop everything and get him a pumpkin urgently at ARK residence. Bantu is baffled because he doesn't know from where he would be able to procure a pumpkin urgently. Poor thing can't even say no because he's constantly seeking his father's validation. We see Bantu holding the pumpkin in the palm of his hand. Pumpkins slash gummarkaes are supposed to be very heavy. And it won't look as cinematic if he places it inside the auto rickshaw. It's meant to be a show of strength for the protagonist. Bantu arrives at the gates of the ARK residence. He's mesmerized looking at the house. Bantu offers to carry the pumpkin inside the house. Valmiki doesn't let Bantu cross the threshold of Vaikuntapuram. I've been carrying your burden all my life. I can definitely manage the weight of a pumpkin. He goes above and beyond to ridicule him and says, You are a loser and losers have no entry in this house. He taunts him saying, Kuni ante. Very bad. Raj arrives in the car and Valmiki runs behind with his limp to welcome him. Bantu feels that Valmiki has affection toward everyone but him. When the auto guy asks Bantu if he wants his stuff to be dropped inside the house, Bantu snaps back saying, Why would I hire an auto if I lived in such a big house? Why does he say that? Why can't people living in castle-like homes travel in an auto rickshaw? In cities like Bombay, even the rich travel in a modest mode of transport. In the next scene, Bantu's foster family is having breakfast. The mother is not only serving food, but she's also nursing her toothache with a hot pack. Bantu's sister Shailaja wants Valmiki to take her to the tailor on his way to the office. Valmiki shrugs off the responsibility onto Bantu. Bantu picks up a folded piece of paper suggesting that he has an interview. The mother even tries to explain the situation to her husband on behalf of her son despite not being able to speak. Valmiki gets irritated and asks the daughter to translate. He then looks up at the wall clock and says there's plenty of time. It's just 8 o'clock now. Bantu's interview is at 10. He can help the sister visit the tailor and even purchase his mother's medication. I have a theory why the mother is not talking in this scene. If you notice throughout the movie, there are a lot of scenes where the mother is not talking and is unwell. The actor Rohini playing the mother must have had a sore throat during the schedule. So they worked around it and weaved it in the screenplay. It's highly probable. I could be wrong, but I have a strong feeling that I'm not. 
Outside see retailers some goons on bikes harass the sister by pulling the dupatta and it chokes her Bantu uses his presence of mind to save Shailaja but the goons succeed in snatching her dupatta away At this moment Bantu is non-reactive but Shailaja gets furious and says Usually brothers get angry when other men misbehave with their sisters Bantu says a line of dialogue in response Chala pedda pedda expectations une bangaram Chala means very, pedda pedda means big big and bangaram means gold. You have very big big expectations from me sweetheart. Bantu is not at all interested in fighting the goons. He's like it's okay, doesn't matter. Here's a bar of chocolate, have it. She says, "What if it was your girlfriend? Wouldn't you have fought then?" And he says, "No, I wouldn't have." The sister leaves from there furious. As an audience member, I know he will fight in the next scene because that's what heroes do. Bantu ponders for a bit and decides to get the dupatta back. If you see, he's washing the goons and the dupatta simultaneously. After thrashing the goons, the dupatta flies in the air and dries itself out. This entire action sequence is beautifully executed. When the sister calls he says I have washed them they have washed the dupatta dried it folded it and have given it back to me in the subtitles it's not expressed like that it says they didn't just give it back they washed it as well sometimes the beauty of the language gets lost in translation in subtitles i love this stylized action sequence because of its innovative concept the high speed shots and the groovy background music It's hella entertaining. In the next scene, we see Bantu at Pack Your Bags interview. During the interview, Bantu reveals his tragic life story through montage. The scene with the gap dialogue is the first in the montage. This is also one of those lines that get repeated throughout the film. Why was there a gap in your conversation? Bantu says I did not leave any gap. It just happened. Ravinder Reddy the interviewer asks Bantu if he's always this honest. We learn that Bantu prefers to tell the truth else he gets a headache. It is also reiterated in the scene when the loan shark comes to collect from Valmiki. The mother is praying so she rings the bell warning the loan shark to choose his words wisely. Valmiki reprimands Bantu for outing him to the loan shark in the second scene of the montage. He says, "You are not Ramchandra's son. You can't afford to tell the truth all the time. Aren't you afraid?" His response is, "I'll only be afraid in the moment leading up to the truth. But if I lie, I'll be afraid all the time." The sister applauds, impressed. Even Ravinder Reddy applauds for Bantu. Valmiki complains that the kids cause more pain to their fathers. When there's no applause for Valmiki, Valmiki asks his wife why didn't she clap? Lakshmi says, "He has fans, so they clapped. You don't have any. It's such a meta line. The audience in the theater would have erupted with applause at this line. At least I would have." In the following scenes of the montage, Valmiki takes away Bantu's scholarship and transfers it to his daughter. His explanation is Bantu can manage because he's a guy. You may score somewhere in the 90s, but it'll always fall short of being called a century. Ravinder Reddy sympathizes with Bantu's situation. He acknowledges Bantu's pain, saying, "You have had a tragic life. The total number of events wherein you had to face difficulties definitely calls for a century." Bantu checks, "Too heavy, sir? Do you want me to tell you musically?" Because tragedy is easier to process if presented musically. The music kicks in and the song Oh My God Daddy begins. The small little anecdotes of Bantu's torturous past continue as well. The mother still thinks her son Bantu is a king. The line she utters is the same line from Bahubali 2. When Amrendra Bahubali is banished from his kingdom Mahishmati, Bhallal Dev's father Bijal Dev observes from atop a hill and says he'll always be a king. This transitions into the song Oh My God Daddy. It's like the king's introduction song for the protagonist. I like Angry Valmiki's mural painted on the wall. I also love a line where he says, "Only Thanos snapping the Infinity Gauntlet can make Valmiki smile." I love a good Marvel reference. I love that Alu Arjun is sporting an Infinity Gauntlet in his hands. I wish I had an Infinity Gauntlet. Come to think of it, I would rather have a Nano Gauntlet. The sheer scale of the song is mind-boggling. 
The song is about Valmiki's torture. It's pretty reminiscent of Amar's feelings for his father from the movie Andaz Apna Apna. One of the dance steps is that of a scooter's handle accelerating, and it is cute to the word "daddy" in the song. Remember Valmiki's Bajaj Chetak scooter in the beginning? I have another theory. I feel the writer wrote a lot of scenes trying to establish the dynamic between Bantu and his foster family. But upon script revisions, they thought to bunch those scenes together and place them in the tail end of the song. This way, Bantu gets a chance to reveal the hardships that he has been through. When Valmiki says "Prati Chinnadani ke emotional lipo taredu," I was like, "Yeah, he's emotional, all right. You are lucky he isn't hitting you." The story is primarily about Valmiki and Bantu. How Valmiki is hell bent on ruining Bantu's life, and Bantu is trying to figure out why. The film is about these two guys and their conflict. Ravinder Reddy offers Bantu the job. The HR guy Shekhar, played by Navdeep, comes in wearing a neck brace. It's the same guy who snatched Shelja's chunni and later was thrashed by Bantu. Bantu manages to get his appointment letter signed by him. When Ravinder Reddy confronts Shekhar, he tries to manipulate his way out of the situation, saying, "I didn't do anything. It was not my fault." His character is constantly playing the devil's advocate in hopes of keeping Bantu grounded, just because Bantu is going to be a newbie in his office. He is also the same actor who was in the movie Arya 2 along with Alu Arjun. He played Ajay Arya's best friend. At the ARK factory, Ramchandra meets the factory manager. If I recall correctly, it's not the office location. This factory exterior is not shot in India. It's probably shot in France because France is one of the foreign locations where they shot the song as well. I was appalled that Ramchandra doesn't know a damn thing about his own business. Was this the same guy who impressed ARK back in the day? How is it that an intelligent person like him doesn't know what's happening? At the moment his intelligence is debatable. He comes in for an inspection and realizes that his company is not functioning. He's asking his manager why has the production stopped? He should have known this by now. He should have come bearing solutions to fix the issue at hand. This is clearly not the guy to run the company. and he's worried about his son instead he should be worried about himself if he's so worried about his son he should have groomed him when the time was right till now i've not seen ramchandra interact with his own son sharing his concerns the only interaction was during the breakfast scene where he's preparing raj on how to decline pet tali's offer else he's mostly looking at him from a distance internalizing what happened to my son why is he this way why don't i feel any sort of connection with him we now see amulya's introduction with samajavaragamana's theme music bantu is shamelessly ogling at amulya's legs she asks him which floor and he says the same one that you are headed to she even says that i've not seen you around before so he's like oh yeah i just joined yesterday She inquires if he's met the boss. Then he says, "Bade babu kal nahi aaye the. The big boss did not come to the office yesterday." He assumes that the boss is a guy. She's like, "All the best." He's like, "Best, best, best," because he's still looking at her legs. I was like, "Don't ogle. That's not what my heroes do. At least look at her face when she's talking to you." I don't know if he does this because he's never seen a beautiful girl before, or is it because of the environment he's raised in. Bantu steps out of the lift and goes straight to Reddy and Shekhar revealing he met a mind-blowing girl and asks if she's a receptionist. Reddy's response is if she were a receptionist I would have already scored with her. Yeah, like a receptionist would let you score with her. She won't. Not with that attitude. Bantu is sheepish when he learns that the girl from the lift is his boss. Bantu tries to apologize but he makes it worse because he's constantly ogling at her legs. I love this one line that she says to him Babu Paiki Paiki Chudu which loosely translates to my eyes are pure she signs his appointment letter which i was surprised as to why also we do not know her name yet unless you've had a close look at the appointment letter honestly i expect better out of both my protagonists i know this was just the second movie of alu arjun that i was watching But I had grossly underestimated Reis Gurram and it blew me away. So I had massive expectations despite the terrible synopsis. Chala pedda pedda expectations une bangaram. 
Bantu says, saying the truth is my way. And that's when Amulya says, sadism is my mannerism. She then sends him packing to a remote desert area and later to a snow-cold place to teach him a lesson. We see Valmiki visit Sulochana, the nurse in the hospital. Of course, Sulochana now is in a coma. Valmiki says, I bought you 24 apples per year, that is two every month. That makes it a total of 600 apples in the last 25 years. I did the math and it's correct. He continues to say, I have diabetes, so I can't eat. You are in a coma, that's why you can't eat. My leg has a cramp, so I can't walk. When he mentions his leg cramp, there's a dedicated shot of Solochna's lifeless legs as the on-call nurse wipes them with a wet towel. This shot is shown twice just to reiterate how helpless Solochna is. Another interesting thing I observed was he's so good at math and his son scored 9 out of 100 as a child. And he had the audacity to ask Bantu why didn't he score 100? Well, why didn't you teach your son math? Just because you are good at math doesn't mean your son is automatically going to be good at it. Nature versus nurture. Do the math. In the beginning of this scene, I did have a question as to how did she survive and who's paying for her treatment. Valmiki even mentions that because Sulochana's accident happened on the day Ramchandra's son was born, they are paying for her treatment for the last 25 years. Valmiki wants Sulochana to give up on life. As of now, he's not making any efforts to kill her though. He's highly manipulative and if his back was against the wall, he could have become a killer, who knows? They have to keep Sulochna alive. Because when the time comes, who's going to relay the truth? At the office, Amulya lectures Bantu as he returns from his trip. She is boxing in her cabin and she complains about Bantu's constant complaining. She says the same line that Valmiki says to ridicule Bantu. Koni ante. He drops his bag feeling dejected. He says, Don't belittle my life, ma'am. I've never had an aha moment in my life. Does Bantu say aha because 3 Vikram has previously directed Pepsi ads? Or because Geeta Arts own a streaming service that offers Telugu and Tamil content? I think it's because 3 Vikram has directed Pepsi ads in the past. Because aha launched on 25th March 2020. And this movie released around Sankranti 2020. I so wish I had taken out time to watch this movie in the theatre. I'm always gonna regret it. Bantu continues to gaze at Amulya's legs and the situation diffuses from severe to a lighter tone. He says, ma'am, why don't you wear some pants? Your legs are so beautiful that I can't look away. Firstly, it sounds creepy, dude. You can't blame her for wearing a short skirt. It's not her problem that you can't look away. That's totally on you. You need to learn to behave appropriately and look away. You are the hero. You need to set examples. You need to do better. Word of advice, you don't tell a woman what she should or shouldn't wear unless she asks for your opinion. Amulya puts a heavy book on Bantu's head. She explains, the more weight you have on your head, the more you will look up. And so you should keep looking up. I just didn't get this explanation and it doesn't work for me. Amulya and her team fly to Paris. The song Samajabara Gamana begins, an entire song dedicated to her long legs. The song is shot at Eiffel Tower in Paris, Massa Michel in Normandy, Lido de Paris in Paris and a few other locations. Ideally, you don't need to choreograph a dance routine for a song like this. But it would be a crime to not make Alu Arjun dance. Choreographer Shekhar has given some nice, soft movements that go beautifully with the music. When he slides on the floor lip-syncing to the song, my jaws dropped on the floor. It's not easy to slide on the floor and lip-sync simultaneously. His dancing is graceful and flawless. I like the song's melody, but I don't fully understand the meaning of the lyrics because subtitles are not written like poetry. From what I understand, it's like the song Tere Chehre Se Nazar Nahi Hatti. But here, instead of the face, it's the legs. If it were about the feet, Tarantino would have been proud because he features all kinds of feet in his films. The lyrics are written by Siri Venala Sitarama Sastri. He's a prominent lyric writer in the Telugu industry. During my research, I discovered that he's written a lot of romantic and poetic songs. 
We are now introduced to the villain Appal Naidu. He stabs the lawyer's hand with a pen and then proceeds to choke the lawyer with the thread attached to that pen. It is evident that the lawyer struggles to breathe, but I am not certain if he dies. But if you choke somebody, that person will die, right? In the end, he just pushes the lawyer to the ground. I think if the lawyer won't die, the villain wouldn't be menacing enough. This scene is intercut with ARK explaining how Raj needs to deal with Appal Naidu's son Pedatalli. Pedatalli says that Ramchandra has slowed down and his son Raj is terribly slow. ARK explains that it's very easy to say no to a servant, but it's very difficult to say no to an influential person. And when you do that, you earn their respect. In one of the shots of this scene, you see that Ramchandra has a displeased expression on his face as he looks at his son. That's probably why he monitors and babysits the meeting over the phone, sitting in the hotel lobby behind the office. But at that breakfast table, in the very next shot from another angle, he's smiling and having his breakfast. Amulya has a meeting with her financer Sudarshan in the same hotel as Ramchandra. Sudarshan wants to take over Pack Your Bags and Ped Tully wants to take over ARK's company. These two scenes are very nicely intercut. Sudarshan's assistant praises every suggestion, idea or threat made by his boss. Pedda idea adi, pedda amount adi, pedda warning adi. Sudarshan tries to intimidate Amulya during the meeting. Now, Amulya is an entrepreneur who runs her own company. But she has trouble speaking her mind during meetings. Why? Ramchandra is just sitting there and commenting like a spectator. This generation doesn't know how to say no. Any older generation would look down upon the new generation. Bantu tries to speak on behalf of Amulya, but Sudarshan shuts him up. We now get the hotel lobby fight scene. Bantu did not choose violence. He is seated in a stoic superman's pose. He fights off Sudarshan's bodyguards, sliding his seat without breaking a sweat or getting up. The scene is designed so that Bantu takes over the reins from Amulya and speaks on her behalf. Bantu explains the concept of consent to Sudarshan. If somebody rejects your offer, it means no. But when a woman rejects your offer, it most definitely means no. He also threatens Sudarshan, saying, I'll not just control you, I'll beat you up mercilessly. Ramchandra feels that this strange young man is a reflection of him, like a son he never had. I think in this scene, he succeeds in redeeming himself for all the awful behavior from before. I really like the dynamic between Ramchandra and ARK. They can share a drink and talk their hearts out. Eavesdropping on their conversation, Yashu gets furious and ridicules Ramchandra saying, You were just a clerk and you had to impress my dad to marry me. I thought every guy had to impress the dad of the girl he loves. I was also under the impression that these two were in love and hence he had to prove himself to the dad. She goes to the extent where she says, How would you feel if we were on a honeymoon and I called some other guy hot? This analogy just doesn't track. It's so off. Ramchandra and ARK get back to their conversation about Amulya and Bantu. What's weird is ARK says Ramchandra noticed the guy, but he feels that the girl is very talented. She successfully built her company Pack Your Bags from the ground up and she could bring in the balance they require for their company. ARK thinks she would be a good match for Raj. Their basic instinct is to use her talents to advance their business. Why not hire her at a good position and pay her a handsome salary? Why do you have to get her married into the family? In the next scene, Amulya's parents are introduced. Amulya's father, Anjaneya Prasad, is played by Tanikela Barni. Amulya's father tries to convince Amulya to lie, saying, Just in case they ask if you know how to cook, just say almost. Amulya figures this is an alliance. The families meet and talk and Amulya gets engaged to Raj. When Bantu arrives at the scene, he sees Amulya going through the engagement silently and sadly. I feel a little terrible for Bantu. With a heavy heart, he says, this is only correct because she deserves the best. You can hear the music portion of Samajavaragamna playing in the background. Valmiki tells Bantu that there's no work for him here. Bantu responds, I guess I don't. And it's all kinds of heartbreaking. Amulya and Bantu are summoned to the SP's office. They need to explain the events of the incident that transpired with Sudarshan. Amulya blames and accuses Bantu, saying, It's all your fault. SP office ki panchayat ki bil chadu. 
Witnessing this, the drunkard sitting on the bench asks Bantu, Is she your wife? Bantu responds, No, she's my boss. The drunkard reiterates, but her body language suggests otherwise. Shekhar says, You know nothing about body language. Bantu wants to hear out the drunkard's theory. But Shekhar interrupts, saying, You are not Ramchandra's son, and Amai Chala practical. The drunkard assures Bantu that everything will work out. Firstly, he is Ramchandra's son. And secondly, is she really that practical? I don't think so. If she was practical, she would have gone ahead with the wedding. She says she is not happy with this engagement. I like that SPG Prajapati is a feminist. Be like SPG Prajapati J. Bantu reveals that Sudarshan threatened to crush Amulya and spoke disrespectfully to her. SPG Prajapati suggests that they should file a case against Sudarshan. Call the writer. Upon hearing this, Sudarshan completely changes his tune. What's the need to call a writer? My bodyguard is above six feet. Do you think this guy can beat up my guy? Since Bantu is a descendant of Raja Harish Chandra, I'm assuming, he needs to say the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. For some reason, the SP doesn't believe him. So Bantu demonstrates by hitting Sudarshan's bodyguard once again. Unfortunately, the SP doesn't see because a piece of paper falls down and he bends to pick it up. Bantu says, what is this? It's a stylish fight and it happens very rarely. And you know, you are taking that away from me. I'm hurt. The SP responds saying, why are you trying to take unnecessary blame? You have quite a bright future. Bantu's response is, yes, sir, I know that. The SP says, I'll ask the girl and whatever she says will be the final word. Bantu agrees. The SP asks, did he hit the bodyguard? And Amulya is like, no sir, not at all. He's so sweet. SP says, discussion over. Bantu reacts surprised and says, Madam, you are also lying. Rajendra Prasad's comic timing is very good in most of his films that I've watched. The following scene is in the corridor. Amulya questions Bantu, why did you have to tell the truth? Everyone else also says that you don't have to tell the truth all the time. Bantu responds saying, Madam, and they make a cut from one wide shot of the corridor to another wide shot of the corridor with the police insignia behind them. Visually, it's a little jarring, but audio-wise, it's smooth because he says, Madam, and smoothly continues his line saying, telling the truth solves problems. Amulya contemplates for a bit and agrees that it might make her feel lighter. After all this conversation, she just holds Bantu's arm and says, Call me Amulya. Bantu is like, Time padte, madam. She even goes a step further. Actually, I like Ammu. Bantu's response is, Chala time padte, madam. My question is, what was the moment she fell in love with him? I understand that here the love story is not that important. And one good love song almost resolves everything. Butabama is beautifully shot, with the pastel colors, European fairy tale-like theme, and a little snow. The fluidity, the finesse, the effortlessness, and the precision in Alu Arjun's dance moves makes me not want to take my eyes off him. No one does the hook step the way he does it. Jani Master, the choreographer, has given a simple yet beautiful hook step. Every time I watch the song Butabama, I feel immense joy. The Butabama whistle has been my ringtone for the longest time. Now Appal Naidu comes to meet Ram Chandra to convince him to give up his company. He says I may be a guy who works at the port, but I've given a very good lifestyle to my son. My son wants your company, so I'm going to do everything in my power to make that happen. I'll get it by hook or crook. He makes a fish analogy. Kolkata people love to eat fish's brains. Andhra people love to eat fish's tails. But fishes love to live. To do so, it must stay far away from the net. Once it falls into the net, then there's no going back. Is Appal Naidu trying to say that Ramchandra is now in troubled waters? There's nothing left for him, so he's got to die. Appal Naidu stabs Ramchandra with the tip of his umbrella. He not just stabs him, but also twists the umbrella after stabbing. After this, Appal Naidu exits the cabin and in the lobby, he crosses Amulya and Bantu, who've come to speak to Ramchandra to call off the engagement. Amulya is hesitant, but Bantu pushes her to do the needful. If you observe closely, neither of their lines are lip-synced. Their lines must have been ADR'd on the edit. 
I like the design of this scene. Amulya and Bantu wouldn't have been present in the scene if Amulya hadn't come to speak to Ramchandra to call off the engagement. Bantu and Amulya enter Ramchandra's cabin. Amulya sits down but Bantu is casually roaming around in the cabin because too much nervous energy. That's how he discovers that Ramchandra is bleeding and lying unconscious on the floor. A simple screenplay choice makes Bantu instrumental in saving Ramchandra's life. He is street smart, he can think on his feet. He uses the cleaner's crane to get Ramchandra out of the locked glass building and save his life. Appal Naidu says that there's no chance that Ramchandra will survive. Only God can save him now. His brother-in-law Satyam says, God doesn't exist. Well, I agree that God doesn't exist, but Ramchandra will be saved. When they see Bantu saving Ramchandra and taking their car to drive him to the hospital, Satyam says, you said there was no chance of survival. Appal Naidu retorts, you said there is no God. Bantu uses his presence of mind. He doesn't wait for the ambulance. Instead, he takes that time to get him to the hospital. At the hospital, when Ramchandra and nurse Sulochna's stretchers cross each other, Sulochna gains consciousness for a moment, spots Ramchandra and wants to reveal the truth. The guy navigating Sulochna's stretcher leaves her stretcher midway and takes over Ramchandra's stretcher from Bantu to take him to the ICU. Bantu spots Sulochna's unattended stretcher and saves her from crashing into the wall. It's a very well-designed scene. When nurse Sulochna inquires about Ramchandra, Bantu reveals that he had a minor accident. He says, Chinna accident because Bantu doesn't want to reveal the information that someone stabbed him. She further questions him, is he your father? Right on cue, Valmiki walks in with ARK. Bantu points at Valmiki in the distance and says, he is my father. A curtain is drawn to separate this section of the hospital and that's why Valmiki doesn't spot Sulochana. Valmiki makes ARK sit in the waiting room. Sulochna tries her level best to convince Bantu that Ramchandra is his father. But Bantu thinks that she's just blabbering. Sulochna slaps Bantu to make him understand the gravity of the situation. She says, Valmiki is not your father. He inquires, you know my father? Sulochna proceeds to reveal the switched at birth story. If you observe closely, Sulochna's dialogue in the wide shot and the round trolley shots are not lip-synced. They must have ADR'd it later. The music takes over. Sulochna reveals that Bantu was born as Raj, which I'm assuming Valmiki told her during one of his visits. That's the only plausible explanation for her to know the name Raj. As an infant, Bantu only starts crying when he hears the sound of lightning. This urges Sulochana to correct her mistake, but Valmiki overpowers her and she falls down from the first floor corridor. So in the present day, she is desperate to reveal the truth to Ramchandra before she dies. She faints toward the end of the scene. The doctor comes in rushing and scolds the nurse for leaving the stretcher unattended. Sulochana's condition is now critical. Bantu is unable to process the information that Sulochana has unloaded on him. It appears he's been hit by a bolt of lightning. Alu Arjun has performed the scene so well and the background music really sets the mood. It is difficult to process such information. There's a huge question mark on his identity now. Yashu arrives at the hospital with Amulya and Kashiram explains Ramchandra's condition. Yashu inquires, but what about security? They've used the same shot in slow motion when Bantu longingly looks at his birth mother. Bantu is all teary-eyed and he gulps. Amulya informs Yashu that Bantu is the one who saved Ramchandra's life. He's also one of her employees. Kashiram jumps at this opportunity to say, Oh, the same guy the brother-in-law was praising. Hang on a second. Kashiram was not present during that scene when the conversation transpired. He must be eavesdropping. That's the only logical explanation. The director wanted Yashu to have this information. Yashu is not pleased to see Bantu. Yashu dismisses Bantu when she learns about this information. She asks him to wait downstairs. She says thanks and walks away giving him a cold shoulder. Amulya consoles Bantu. ARK extends his hand toward Bantu to thank him. It appears he might have heard the nurse's confession. Otherwise, who else will tell the truth? 
Sulochana is critical. Apart from Valmiki and Bantu, you'll need a living, impartial third party to verify this information. Valmiki will never tell the truth because that will sabotage his son's future. Bantu is still contemplating. Valmiki complains how ARK's family treats people of lower income status poorly. Bantu listens to Valmiki's lies as the flashback is projected on the hospital walls. Bantu and Valmiki learn that Sulochana has passed away. Valmiki reacts sad. Bantu questions Valmiki if he knew Sulochna. Valmiki denies it, saying, I'm a sensitive person. People's death affect me. Valmiki goes on to besmirch Sulochna's name. Valmiki asks Bantu, Intragap? Bantu slaps Valmiki. Valmiki's pouch slips from his hand. Bantu asks him to shut up because he's had it with his lies for the last 25 years. Bantu says, Gap Disco. He should give some gap. Or as the subtitles read, why don't you take a break? Bantu picks up the pouch from the floor, slams it at Valmiki and walks away furious. When the music kicks in, it's very evident that this is the interval point. At 1 hour 19 minute mark, the interval happens. You anticipate what will happen after the interval. Post the interval, Bantu and Valmiki are going back home on Valmiki's scooter. Due to the stoppers on the road, Bantu leans on Valmiki for support and Valmiki snaps at him. Valmiki accuses Bantu for ruining all good things. According to Valmiki, Bantu may try doing one good thing, but one wrong move and it sabotages and erases all the good. Before I get to the confrontation scene on the flyover, there's just one small continuity error. Bantu's stubble and moustache don't match the pre-interval scene. Of course, he would have cleaned the blood from the accident, but he wouldn't have trimmed his beard and moustache. Bantu confronts Valmiki, questioning him. Why are you beating around the bush? Why don't you ask me up front? Valmiki stops his scooter in the middle of the flyover. Bantu reveals, I hit you because you are not my father. Valmiki reacts shocked. Luke, I'm your father. Sorry, I couldn't resist. I had to make a Star Wars reference. Now, angry Valmiki grabs Bantu by the collar and drags him to the side of the road. Valmiki asks, So you dropped out of sky or what? Bantu quips, You got me down from the second floor. Right on cue, Valmiki's scooter is trampled on by a heavy load truck. All hell breaks loose. That's what the scooter trampling visual represents. From this moment forward, all bets are off and it's going to be chaotic. Valmiki's manipulation continues. He says, You are going to believe a nurse who's been in the coma for the last 25 years instead of your father? Bantu instantly sees through Valmiki's lie. He responds, When did I ever mention anything about a nurse? Valmiki's heart sinks and he sits down on the sidewalk, fearing his jig is up. Bantu reminds Valmiki that he has made him feel inadequate and insignificant all his life. Bantu even points out that Valmiki saw Ramchandra in him and tortured him for 25 years. Come to think of it, Ramchandra's and Bantu's look and hairdo are pretty similar. Initially, I wondered why they made that choice, but after the scene, it was clear why. Valmiki's reaction to Bantu's accusation only makes him sweat. If he was also gasping a little harder for his breath while having a panic attack, it would have been more effective. Then Bantu offering him water would have been more impactful. Because he says, drink it. You look like you're going to die. He doesn't look like he's going to die. Bantu is angry, but the truth sets him free. He doesn't need to prove his worth to anyone anymore. He also stops seeking Valmiki's validation. Bantu feels sorry for Valmiki's situation and says the line from the first half back to him. Koni ante. Very bad. Even after all this confrontation, Valmiki has no remorse, no shame. He has his vehicle's insurance and Bantu's assurance that he won't open his mouth. Valmiki is content. The scene with Bantu's foster mother motivates him to check on his birth parents. At the hospital, the cardiologist played by Vanilla Kishore is upset that ARK only wants to thank Bantu for bringing his son-in-law to the hospital on time and not the doctors who actually performed the surgery and saved his life. This development worries Valmiki. 
Bantu notices the evident distance between his birth parents. Ramchandra tries to take his medication and Yashu doesn't help other than placing the water and meds on the table. ARK tells Raj that a son is supposed to check on their mother and father. I think that's also a hint for Bantu to take some action. Bantu learns the truth about all the other family members in this one scene. The next morning at home, Valmiki appreciates or rather ridicules the way the rich don't cry during tragedies. Bantu is upset and feels if the family remains the way they are, his father will die. Valmiki reacts strongly, saying he's his father. He also threatens to kill Bantu's foster mother and himself if Bantu doesn't stop saying that Ramchandra is his real father. Bantu questions, why are you dragging my mother into this? Bantu still cares a great deal about his mother, whether or not she's his birth mother. Valmiki's response is, if I don't drag your mother into this, you wouldn't care. Bantu starts to think and Valmiki asks, Gapentra. When Bantu says he wants to go to Vaikunthapuram, Valmiki starts hiccuping. Bantu offers him some water to drink. Valmiki reveals it's risky because Bantu is Ramchandra's blood after all. They'll accept him in a heartbeat. And that's the reason he's created the necessary distance between them. Bantu sternly gestures that Valmiki will have to take him to Vaikunthapuram. But Valmiki dismisses it. In the next scene with Ramchandra's blood pressure fluctuating, the same cardiologist now suggests that they must get Bantu into the house. When ARK asks him why the sudden change of heart, he responds saying, In the movies, when the parents visit their children, they get better. And you believe that. But you question a qualified cardiologist. That is such amazing writing. Bantu messages a picture where he's threatening the cardiologist's son. Valmiki cooks up plenty of excuses to prevent Bantu from visiting Vaikunthapuram. But Valmiki is forced to make a call to Bantu and ask him to visit Vaikunthapuram. Valmiki is shocked that the cardiologist who hated Bantu until yesterday is singing his praises like he is the president of Bantu's fan club association. Bantu reveals he's kidnapped the cardiologist's son and he would do anything to get him inside Vaikunthapuram. Bantu enters Vaikunthapuram in slow motion over the title song. The gate opens on its own. The sprinklers are like the holy water sprayed at the entrance. The bells are shown but there's no sound. The trees shower flowers on Bantu. The pumpkin is circled around his face to ward off the evil over the line Ravi Sinduri Mai. I think this moment is my favorite part of the song. Bantu tips the maid with some two grand rupee notes. Valmiki wonders where he got that from. Bantu points out that he got it from Valmiki's pocket. Valmiki even imagines his son limping, holding an umbrella for Bantu and carrying a Nokia phone around his neck. He thinks that would be his son's future if the truth comes out. Valmiki gets Bantu to Vaikunthapuram. He says, Mavadu. The cardiologist hugs Bantu and asks, Mavadu? It's just too funny because Valmiki is introducing his son and the doctor wants to know about his son. The whole conversation about he's at the tea stall, I've not paid the bill, your son has my headphones, he's like I'll buy you a new one. Both their performances are hilarious. ARK welcomes Bantu, offers him a job and doubles his salary. Valmiki is scared and apprehensive about this new development. Bantu teases Valmiki to leave, saying, Velipo, Velipo. Bantu meets Kashi Ram and sarcastically comments on his honesty. He mistakes it as a compliment. Bantu meets Nandini and reminds her that he saw her at the engagement ceremony. Obviously, she doesn't remember him. So Bantu says, Even Chiranjeevi Garu waves at his fans but doesn't remember all their names. It's the same with you. Alu Arjun has to pay some kind of tribute to Chiranjeevi Garu in his films. I love what Bantu says next. Miru Mega, Memiku Baga. You are a mega star and I am your biggest fan. Mega star is Chiranjeevi Garu's title in the Telugu industry. Bantu also says, You might look average, but you're super sexy. When Nandini hits him with a rolled up newspaper, Bantu says, Fans in Kotakande. Don't hit your fans. When Bantu discusses Nandini's hotness with Sitaram, it feels very unnecessary. 
he addresses nandini as katilandra which is the same word that the goons used to describe shailaja bantu's foster sister during the dupatta fight sequence when bantu returns to ark he discusses how could ramchandra get hurt despite being surrounded by family members ark explains that appal naidu is mighty dangerous ark and bantu arrive at the kakinada port pedatalli behaves like he doesn't know ark bantu puts pedatalli in his place Pedatalli asks how did you get in Bantu replies they took a flight to Rajamundri and then came here by car they took a flight to meet this jerk we see a small flashback ARK steps inside the port and comes back with a dirty handprint on his kurta in the present time Bantu says same feeling i love the way the whole sequence is edited it's a flashback within a flashback it's smooth as butter The way Bantu thrashes everyone mercilessly without breaking a sweat or missing a beat is mighty impressive. It was Satyam's dirty handprint on ARK's kurta. He gets thrashed for it and how? Bantu says the case about Appal Naidu stabbing Ramchandra was weak. If they filed a lawsuit against Bantu for thrashing their men, that case would be weak too. So, it did for Tatlu Wuddu. We shouldn't resort to violence peddane opinion. Yeah, right. Bantu reacts. Oh ho. Our prince won't talk and this prince has nothing left to say. Both of them are unique. Silent movie superstars. I love that comment. Bantu says let's go we are getting late for the flight. Just then Appal Naidu arrives in his Rolls Royce. Bantu misreads the logo as RRR. He proceeds to ask ARK. Rajamouli cinema Perulo unde? Is the car named after Rajamouli's film RRR? He tells Appal Naidu, "What contrast, sir? The classy look of the car doesn't match your appeal." He threatens him while imitating him. He says, "I can't artistically stab like you. I am rough like that. You just got off the car. I got into the character. Nice meeting you." It's a testament to Alu Arjun's great acting that he can imitate Appal Naidu flawlessly. It shows that he could behave like a villain if he wanted to. Bantu meets Amulya's father Anjaneya Prasad for the first time. He first comments on Amulya's skirt and then makes an inappropriate comment about their relationship. Not cool, bro. Every time I feel that my hero is trying to redeem himself, he goes ahead and does something stupid like this. When Bantu reveals about his lineage to SP Prajapati, his jaw drops. Right on cue, a house help arrives with a glass of water. Prajapati sips it just to spit it out. Bantu reveals his unbelievably ridiculous, absurd life story in a humorous, matter-of-fact way, and it's absolutely genius. Humor makes everything work. SP Prajapati says, "Babu Bantu Bangaram, what kind of tyagraj starts to work for the family house?" That's a legit question. We are aware of his motivation but the SP doesn't know and of course SP doesn't believe his story I mean who would Bantu and Amulya's PDA makes SP question Bantu more than before Nandini spanking Bantu was so not necessary it's only played for laughs the SP questions ARK about hiring Bantu but ARK praises him the focus is not even on Bantu but Alu Arjun is still nodding his head from a distance It shows how great an actor he is. He will react to his co-stars in the scene and grab your attention even if the focus is not on him. Mahaprabhu Niko Namaskaram. I don't think I need to explain it. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. It's not just the SP. It's me bowing down to Alu Arjun's talent. It's an important line but it's not on the close-up of SP Prajapati. It's a wide shot with SP's back toward the camera and Alu Arjun's reaction with folded hands. When Bantu interacts with Ramchandra he says, "When there's a storm brewing in the house you look to your family for support. But who do you look for support if the family is your weakness? God needs offering, king needs protection." Over one sweeping shot he confesses he doesn't want to trouble his father-in-law and his son won't understand. No point in telling the other family members and he can't say anything to his wife. The greatest battles are fought with the closest people. 
just because Bantu denied SP's security and said that Ramchandra has his family's support. In an attempt to get information out of Bantu, ARK reveals that Ramchandra and Yashu have some differences that need resolving. The couple hasn't spoken in the last seven years. Bantu says Ramchandra didn't reveal much but ARK did. Ramchandra is worried about his son. ARK says even he would like to see Raj burst into anger once. If that happens, ARK can die a happy man. Bantu says he'll help but ARK doesn't need to die for that. Bantu is smoking a beery outside the office. He tells Valmiki that he'll do as he pleases. This shot of Bantu sitting outside the office premises has also been used in the promotional material. Minus the beery, I guess. Kashiram and Sitaram are suspicious of Bantu and ARK's budding relationship. Bantu exposes Kashiram and Sitaram for embezzling money from ARK and the company. He also reveals about his secret affair with Priya. The way Allu Arjun acts in this scene is insane. Call me when free. Baby. Heart symbol. Red color. Don't look, there are pictures. It's private. Sitaram says, all these WhatsApp symbols are very common nowadays. Why are these people making such a big deal about it? There are no subtitles and it's not lip-synced. When Yashu refuses to believe Bantu, ARK sides with Bantu saying, he only tells the truth. Yashu says, Pone, Nillapadi nen vintanu. Nillapadi is smushed together to make sure it lip-syncs. I've heard it a million times and it always bothers me. And I don't even know the language properly. When Bantu is forced to speak the truth, he reveals that Yashu and Ramchandra have grown apart because of Ramchandra's affair with Revati. Ramchandra slaps Bantu. Ramchandra believes that some lies are necessary to protect their loved ones. But he's only protecting himself. His lies are for his convenience. Bantu agrees that some lies are necessary, but he adds that the truth makes a relationship's foundation even stronger. That is if the relationship can withstand the truth and see past the infidelity. Ramchandra needs to regain Yashu's trust. Both the partners need to learn from their mistakes and put an effort to make this relationship work. And I sound like a couple's counsellor. When Ramchandra apologizes to Yashu in the next scene, he says, She is not educated like you or beautiful like you or superior to you in any way. That is the only reason I liked her. First things first, he is blatantly insulting both his relationships by comparing the two women. Still, Yashu forgives him. But I felt Tabu's performance was a notch higher than Jayaram's. In my understanding, it was a sorry excuse of an apology. Riddle me this, I thought idli and dosa were breakfast items. Or is it something that you can have at any time of the day? I know it's a heavy food item, so I would prefer to have it in the morning. In WandaVision, people were served breakfast for dinner. They even joke about it in the show. Who am I to judge? I guess it differs from person to person. Kashiram and Sitaram hatch a plan to take over ARK's company with the help of Pedatali and Sudarshan. Are they idiots? Pedatali is going to eat them alive. Inside the boardroom, Pedatali is trying to convince them to say yes and you can see Bantu standing there in his red blazer. But he enters the boardroom later. Bantu walks out of the lift in a formal attire and now sports the red blazer. When he says suit sutende to the receptionist, it's clearly ADR'd, it doesn't match the lip sync. The background music leading up to the boardroom scene is kick-ass. Valmiki doesn't want Bantu to enter the boardroom. Bantu shows him a letter of authorization for the board meeting that reads, I, A. Ramakrishna, founder ARK Group, hereby give permission to Mr. Bantu M. to participate in the board meeting and act on my behalf in all manners relating to decisions on investments and stock holdings. He is granted authorization to take part in all the discussions relating to these matters. What does M in Mr. Bantu M stand for? It can't be Manohar. It can't be M for Murli Sharma. I have to give a special mention to Murli Sharma because he's performed exceptionally well in this film. The authorization letter further states, Any and all acts carried out by the above-named person on my behalf shall have the same effect as of my own. This authorization is valid until further written notice. Sincerely, ARK Infra Private Limited, signed by ARK. I am wanted, Valmiki. This boardroom scene is one of the highlights of the film. It's the actual fan service. Bantu enters the boardroom and says, Hello, 
a random board member asks yever nuvu bantu slides the authorization letter on the table he answers all the board members questions through song bantu plays the song uchchade yo ho sami from the film bharat ane nenu starring mahesh babu so bantu's answer to the question who are you is i am the savior and i am here to the rescue Satyam says you are at the port you are at the board you are basically everywhere Bantu now plays the song I want to follow 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 you I want to follow 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 you from the movie Nanaku Premato starring Junior NTR and Rakul Preet Singh I think this one is pretty self explanatory Pedatali taunts Madam is like your sir speaker is he her mic Satyam says there are way too many people for the meeting I want to hear from only one of you Amulya says fine then i leave Bantu plays the song Undi Porade from the movie Husharu the song means why don't you stay back since my heart is yours as a finishing step Bantu jumps in the air in excitement and lands on his feet it's the same dance move from a song in the movie July that movie also stars Alu Arjun and was directed by 3 Vikram Sudarshan says now that she has left we'll see what he can do Bantu says i will pickify He's saying I'll show you Bantu plays the song Cinema Suvitamava from the movie Race Gurram starring Alu Arjun and Shruti Hasan I think the song lyrics perfectly surmise Alu Arjun's acting career He wants to show you a film and makes sure you whistle at every scene I love this song because both Alu Arjun and Shruti Hasan match each other's energies and dance moves During this song I can't take my eyes off both of them Sitaram says it's time for you to play a Pavan Kalyan track. Bantu says the situation doesn't demand that. Sitaram replies his songs don't need a situation. I'm demanding it. This sounds like a conversation between a producer and a writer director. Bantu pretends to be a radio jockey as he narrates Sitaram's song request over the mic. Bantu plays Pilla Nuvule Ni Jeevitam from the movie Gabbar Singh starring Pavan Kalyan and Shruti Hasan. Bantu gets up on the table and dances. Sita Ram joins him. Pedatali yells, "Stop it!" Bantu reacts, "Yo ra de!" I was told this line is in a regional Telugu accent and it's mostly fan service. Pedatali continues to yell, "Is it a boardroom or a ballroom?" Bantu says, "Are you very angry bird?" Hey you want to buy the shares papers Pedatalli <gasps> There's no the om no the paspu gods must be really crazy Lakshmi god will never deceive me you know I'm going to simplify the shares fasak 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 Bantu tears off the stamp papers I know gods must be crazy is a line from Rais Gurram Paspu is turmeric and it's supposed to be auspicious Satyam questions Bantu. Do you know who signed the papers? Bantu flies in the air towards Satyam and plants a slap on his face. Satyam goes away flying. In the meantime, Bantu lands on his feet, but Satyam lands on his face. All board members turn to look at Satyam in unison and react with their jaws dropped. Bantu fixes his blazer. The impact of the slap is such that Satyam rolls on the floor and hits a wall. Sitaram gets up lip-syncing the song Abani Tiyani from the movie Jagadeka Virudu Ati Lokasundari starring Chiranjeevi and Sri Devi. The song means the sweet slap you've planted on my cheek. Very befitting of the situation and they've conveniently not subtitled the song. Bantu follows Sitaram's lead and the dancing duo continue to impress with their moves. They've covered Megastar's song as well. Megastar is Chiranjeevi Garu. Timing A, timing Andi. Their timing is perfect. Speaking of perfect, I have to say that Alu Arjun emulates each actor's dancing style to perfection. He peppers it with his own distinguished dancing style. Raj feels something is missing. It's incomplete. Bantu wonders, incomplete? Dialogue le dena. Bantu warns Pedatalli that he'll always be protecting this family. I love it when Alu Arjun says, "Chedra Ray." Raj says, "I feel like whistling." It was pretty whistle-worthy. Bantu says, "A whistle isn't enough. We need blasting background music and coat flying in slow motion. All of this will require special effects that I'll need to plan." The BGM kicks in. It's a blockbuster scene. 
Buttu pushes Pedatalli out of his way. His coat is flying in the air. The background lyrics are, you know he's a sensation. Buntu waves as the shredded pieces of paper fly in the air and he takes a bow. Ramulo, Ramula is a pre-climax song to show celebration. It's pretty regular for the Indian film structure to have a song before climax. Buntu is sporting a chain throughout the movie. Here, it's bothering him. In one of the shots, you can see it's broken and sliding off. They must have fixed it in between shots. Brahmanadam makes a cameo appearance in the song. Brahmanadam, Alu Arjun and Trivikram are long-time collaborators. The way Alu Arjun does the Bhangra dance move, it is exceptional. Shekhar, the choreographer's dance moves appear easy, but when you try them out, it's very difficult. And I'm talking from experience. And I don't have two left feet. I guess not everyone can dance as perfectly as Alu Arjun. There's a little bit of awkwardness between Yashu and Bantu. Bantu's relationship with Amulya comes out in the open and things go downhill from there. Bantu is thrown out of Vaikunthapuram. Valmiki leaves no stone unturned to gaslight them and punish Bantu. Valmiki finally exacts his revenge. Appal Naidu kidnaps Nandini and demands ARK's company's papers in exchange. Kashiram feels ashamed witnessing Ramchandra and Yashu's generosity. So he apologizes. Raj wants to go and rescue Nandini because he loves her. Raj bursts into anger and spills about all his filthy habits. The debate of nature versus nurture. Valmiki tries to stop Raj from physically going and saving Nandini, but Raj warns him not to interfere. Valmiki calls Bantu to rescue Nandini, but Bantu feels he has no connection with the family anymore. He threw him out of the house. He played his cards the way he wanted to. Now he's like, oh, my son is in trouble, so please save him. Ridiculous. Sitarala Serapadu. Fight sequence is beautifully edited to the folkish beats of the song. It's outstanding. Kudos to Ram Lakshman for that. Bantu takes the safa hanging on the tree and ties it on his head. He picks up a beady pack and a live chicken. He scrapes the sickle's tip against the iron fence and lights his beady with the spark it creates. The entire fight sequence is a cakewalk for Bantu. The dance moves alongside the fight moves and the slow motion walk. Everything is just flawless. It's actually a good song, Naidu. There's just a little continuity error with the way the sapphire is tied on the head. Bantu stabs Appal Naidu in the chest with a skewer. Bantu rescues Nandini. Raj arrives at the scene and takes an injured Appal Naidu to the hospital. Again here, it's the same nature versus nurture debate. The entire fight sequence was actually a flashback that Satyam was narrating to Raj. When ARK questions Bantu, he explains that his plan brought the family together. All their differences are sorted now. ARK reveals he learned the truth about Bantu being switched at birth from Sulochana. Ramchandra reacts shocked. It's quite an emotional scene. Ramchandra's dialogues are like, Mene kaha thana? Mene kaha thana? Translation, didn't I tell you about it? I always had a feeling. The father-son reunion happens. The grandfather-grandson reunion happens. Yashu acknowledges Bantu and his efforts. She genuinely thanks him and signs off half the company in Bantu's name. In the epilogue, Valmiki's dream comes true and Bantu is managing half of the ARK company. I am glad that they chose not to tell Yashu about the truth. It's better that she accepts Bantu for his character. I had super fun watching this film. I hope everyone who tunes in to listen to this podcast enjoys it as much as I did. It's my labor of love. I've been trying to make this podcast happen since forever. It was supposed to be my first podcast ever. Better late than never. P.S. Mr. Alu Arjun, if you ever decide to make a Hindi movie and you need help learning Hindi lines, I'm here for you. I have helped many foreign artists learn their Hindi lines, including Turkish and Canadian actors. I do have legit references. Until next time, you can listen to the awesome pod mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. If you like what I'm doing, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash awesome pod mix. Thanks for listening.